The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello and welcome to when I'm dubbing the Video Games to the Medium podcast, since the Video Games to the Max one is on hiatus while Sean sleeps away the night, apparently. Yeah, I cannot possibly hope to replace him. I'm Mark Morrison, uh, writer with W2M Net and 41 Mania. I'm here with my friend Jens Dietrich. Hey Mark, it's a pleasure being here. Longtime listener, and uh, now I can finally stop bugging you. Where's the next episode? Pretty much. Uh, the format of this is going to be pretty similar to the actual podcast but it's just going to have our opinions on the on matters and hopefully we can actually bust through this pretty regularly <laughs> oh man i didn't realize i was agreeing to this on a long-term basis i thought this was well, just a while, while sean is on the farm well we'll see how how long it takes to, to shame to shame sean into doing this regularly which will be years <laughs> apparently so let's uh start what have you been playing well, like most people, even more so than you, I, th- I of course have a ridiculous backlog of games that I need to get through. Um, I'm still in the Frozen section of Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, and then, but then somehow the games that I actually get around to playing all the way through is stuff like Anthem or um, Earth Defense Force Iron Rain. Of course, we were, we've been playing uh, EDF together. Yeah, you suckered me into buying that, and I'm, I had no intention of playing that until you were like, let's, let's get it, we can play it together. I'm like, all right. Just for the record, you got a review copy. I bought a copy for myself so that we could co-op it together. Sucker. But this is just my modus operandi is to uh, make Mark play terrible games with me. Yeah, thankfully Day is Gone as, an, as a multiplayer. No, I have to suffer through that by myself. My hope is that uh, I can uh, finish this podcast before um, it unlocks. Well, you are the EDF fan among us. What do you think of Iron Rain? Um, so just to, for context, my start with EDF was with um, 2017 and 2025, back on the Xbox 360. I haven't played most of the PS4 games, just the one that was a straight-up remake of 2025. Uh, But I've always liked the series, and I'm a big fan of the old character classes, uh, most of all the Wing Diver and the Air Raider. I don't know, Mark, do do I need to explain what this game is before I get into the specifics of this stuff? People know what EDF is, I guess? Yeah, It's it's just a schluter where you schlute alien bugs and then you get weapons and you grind to get more weapons. Actually, you get weapon schematics and then you grind to get materials to then purchase the weapons uh, from the schematics that you gathered. It's also a bad franchise, but go on. (laughs) Well, okay, that's arguable. I mean, there there are good... um, I'm telling you, man... I really liked 2025. That was a good one. Yeah, but we'd have to go back 10 years to like the last good EDF game. That that should tell you something. <laughs> okay, so the thing I like about the series and, and, and the old games, so the Wing Diver, right? The Wing Diver in particular is by far my favorite thing about it because being able to just zip in and out of dangerous situations at will and quickly traverse the entire battlefield is just hugely enjoyable. It's got such mobility. It was always a very fast-paced game. And that, I think, is where Iron Rain uh, fails us right off the bat. Well, and then the Air Raider, of course, is the, um, you know, your, your uh, 
uh, vehicle summoning class, which of course is all, is now pointless because anybody, everybody can summon the same vehicles. Everybody's got the same equipment. Uh, there isn't really anything that differentiates the classes in terms of weaponry or items like it used to. Yeah. Um, it's more just how do you get around the battlefield, and how you get around the battlefield is quite boring because uh, it's just so slow. You know, it's just sluggish and awkward. And um, so the closest thing, I guess, to to the wing diver is the jet lifter. Uh, theoretically, should hit all of my gameplay sweet spots, but it's just so floaty and slow, and it won't let you fire certain weapons while you're strafing around in the air. You have to kind of hover and let go of the of, of the jet. So I really didn't enjoy it at all. It didn't have the feel that I expect from an EDF. So I ended up just reverting back to just playing the initial class, the soldier, um, because that's the one that made me the least angry well, while playing the game. There are four classes. There's a soldier, which can roll. There's the jet lifter, I guess, which can kind of fly or hover. There's like a heavy tank thing, which has a, a shield, which you can pop out. And the class I liked the most, I don't know what the whole, what name of it is because I don't care, was like uh, basically like a Spider-Man class. Like you could like had a grapple hook and you could like launch yeah. it at like buildings or like the ground and like kind of like literally. The Prowl, the, the prowl Striker. Yeah. He can Spider-Man around and he can summon giant bugs to ride, yeah. which is kind of cool. But I don't know. I feel like you spend half the time that you get, you get like, uh, I don't know how long you get in overdrive, 30 yeah, seconds or whatever. it's very quick for that animal thing. So it's like, why even bother? Yeah, exactly. You you spend half that time just trying to get on it. Also, like, well, like you said, the jet lifter had floaty controls. All the controls, vehicle controls in this right. game are bad. But the jet lifter, I think, is the most egregious because you expect that to be the mobile class. And it's just well, no. oh, so painful. The most egregious was that one uh, jet that you can buy, like they can summon like that. Okay, yeah. I hadn't even gotten to vehicles yet, Mark. You're... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the absolute worst thing are the vehicle controls. They put uh, accelerate and brake on the left analog stick. They gave you a hold up to go forward. And it's like what this isn't like 1993 like there are more buttons that you can use to accelerate and brake the, the mapping is almost halo like uh but then it just doesn't nothing moves like you expected to yeah i don't even know how to describe it i i feel like i'm failing i'm failing it how, just how bad it is yeah well it's an edf game so people know how bad it is <laughs> no you don't you don't understand edf is good even the game that you like had have like a had like a metacritic score like 74 or something so it's not that good yeah but i don't understand like this is only like 10 points away in metacritic score from um, a regular edf game and i don't understand that because i think it is significantly worse um i, I think most critics just don't understand quite the nuance the the differences between them because they're it's like trying. It's like someone trying to review like the different Armored Core games when the and from software was cranking those out. It's like, oh well, this one's this one is a B minus, but the, the next one's a C plus. It's like no, there's no difference between them. No, the major difference. Most of the difference is how much unique content there is, because the biggest problem with those games is just reusing of assets and scenarios. One one difference with EDF and old EDF is uh, that it's running on a totally different engine. Um, this one's just a straight up an Unreal Engine 4 game. And you can tell and by it, the by the texture popping really yeah. noticeably. It's the same texture pop that we've been seeing with Unreal Engine 3, you know, and since the last generation. You'd think that by the current gen that devs would know how to optimize for Unreal, but no luck here. Yep. 
But uh, and then also, and this may be a um, an aspect of the switch to a new engine and the switch to a new physics engine. I should also say, is that the the scenarios themselves they're just very small. They never they never escalate to the point. Oh, by the way, I should say I finished the game. Mark, you're about mission twenty two or something. Yeah, I'm halfway through. Whenever you want to play again, we can hop on. But we started together, played pretty um, significantly over the weekend, and then um, he actually had interesting life yeah. things to do. Whereas uh, it, I just kept chugging away EDF, at uh, EDF. Not interesting life thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I-, I can tell you, Mark, that the extent of um, spectacle that you have witnessed so far, that's as, as big as it ever gets. Uh, the old EDFs, they would gradually build up to absolutely huge encounters as the campaign went on. And here it never it never really goes beyond what, what uh, we saw in the first two dozen missions or so um it's just that the aliens take more damage and they glow a different color the really annoying aliens from mission four come back they just they're just yeah, blue okay. now like so it gets more challenging uh but it never really gets more impressive and the game just in general doesn't seem really capable of displaying anywhere as many alien bugs as it needs to as as you'd wanted it um maybe the physics system like for the one thing with the physics system is that the uh, carcasses don't despawn immediately so basically they don't, or I should say they don't declip. So they just, after you kill a bug, it just kind of sticks on the battlefield for 30 seconds or a minute or whatever, blocking your path. And uh, one of the easiest ways, in fact, probably the easiest way to get yourself killed in this game is just to find yourself trapped in this graveyard of bug carcasses, n- unable to move. Yeah. There's no way to dodge any kind of incoming damage. I mean, the damage scaling is pretty bad in the game. Like, certain enemies can take you out in, like, one hit, it seemed like. Well, you're supposed to. Eventually, you do upgrade your... Once you're at, like, 5,000 or over in terms of health points, you can you can take at least a hit or two sometimes from those big guys. Yeah, but I don't like grinding that much in a game. <laughs> but actually, the easiest, the best thing to do, uh, speaking of damage scaling, is just uh, take an easy mission. Like, mission two is really good for this. And just go online and play on the hardest difficulty and just, uh, you know, kill those five big guys over and over. And uh, you will get, at some point, um, I got a minigun that had a a hugely long reload time and a hugely long windup. But was, as soon as it started hitting something, that thing was dead. So I just kind of decimated the campaign on normal after that and it's it's it becomes easier to grind once you start getting some really good loot i don't think you've gotten really good loot yet yeah i'm fine well so are you playing anything else that's not that's actually somewhat good oh man you're so <laughs> eager you're so eager to have uh, uh to move off edf well, i only spent 10 minutes talking about it i've i've got points <laughs> about the miscellaneous loot as well because i've got com- i mean i've got complaints uh, so this is kind of like in your in your articles, you, you often like to point out uh, like a random, just a totally random dumb design decision in the game. You seem to latch onto those. Sure. And and I, f- I feel like in this one, it's the fact that you will unlock closed schematics that you then can't use until you've met the prerequisites, which the prerequisites are to get more closed schematics. That's because I don't care about clothing in the game. I don't care what my character looks like. You, right, you, but it's, you spent, it's, it's you spent five minutes <laughs> trying to make your your female character look pretty or whatever, and say like, I don't care what I'm getting. I just let's just go. I've now played through this game at least one and a half times, and I still have not unlocked 
the bottom of my favorite outfit that goes off the top that I've already unlocked, which is basically like the one like nice skirt option. Figures you'd go for a skirt. How's uh, Sekiro treating you? I have barely played any Sekiro. Yeah. It's it's like uh, these uh, terrible games are an excuse for me to put Sekiro off. Well, you did pre-order, like I said earlier, you did pre-order Days Gone, so. Yep, yep, yep. I'm excited to play some Days Gone now that the reviews are in. Uh, for me, the, I guess the big, big two games I've been playing were uh, The Division 2. Mm, yes. Because I don't even think that came out before the last time me and Sean podcasted. <laughs> so I thought the first Division was a complete snooze. I, I, I gave up on it pretty early on, but I know that you were a big fan. Yeah, I like the first one a lot because uh, I like I just like the world or like the setting. I thought that was pretty good. The like environmental storytelling is really good. Like I had those cell phones and stuff like that, which, you know, worked. Uh, the shooting was fine. Uh, this one, I had a lot of, I had a lot more trouble getting into the game. Like I almost, I pretty much bounced off of it until I just hunkered down. I had nothing else to do. Was it the lack of story or was it something else mechanically that turned you uh, off initially? Well, it, it has a real lack of story. Like, the, the, it is kind of a story, like you rescue the vice president who become you know becomes president because the first one died, uh, but it's there's ten minutes of like storytelling in the entire game. It seems like <clears throat> that's a big change from the first one. Yeah, there are some of the uh, cell phones and like I guess the I forget what they're called, the echo system. Like you, like you go to an area and there's like you can like resurrect ghost people or something or like the, it's like a data point or something. But there's just not a ton of them at all in this game. Uh, and I really disliked the shooting initially, but once I actually got some better weapons, then it became fun again. Like, I, I was stuck with the same weapon, because I, I liked an assault rifle, from level 6 to level 12. And the game was like, you need to upgrade your weapon. It's like, I mean, I would. Get, give me one. And you, you're giving me fucking submachine guns and heavy, you know, chain guns. It's like, I don't want this. I want an assault rifle. Give it to me. Is there no way to, um, in any way, you can dr- drive what kind of loot you get? Can is there? Does it not detect like, okay, you're using this kind of equipment? No. Or you have this kind of loadout, so we're gonna. That, that would make sense, but no. You can, there is like a uh, workbench. You can make you can make weapons, but they were kind of shitty. Like, I made one. It was like bad, also. Okay. Uh, I mean, so you can't dis- you can't disassemble the loot you don't want and make something nice. Well, you get, well, no, you can disassemble it, but it's kind of a crapshoot about where you're gonna get. Hmm. How, how many? So you said you've tried this just once and then gave up on it. Well, I've built up other things, and yeah, it's well, it's all just it's like it's like Diablo or like Borderlands. Like it's just random, like the stat you're gonna get or how good it's gonna be. Okay, so it's not like there's a base quality to the ingredients that you're using. No, no. At least not at least not where I was. Like later on, there is, but not not like level twelve. Hmm. That sounds frustrating. Uh but once I actually got into like the. I also tried to play it more as a single player. I I play the division pretty much a single player game. But isn't isn't that game specifically designed for playing with randos? Uh the first one kind of was. This one is a little more. But the online matchmaking can be hinky. Let's say that. Like, I'll wait five minutes to like it'll start matchmaking for five minutes, and then I'll get pissed and cancel, and I'll try again, and then it'll match me up automatically. And it's like, wait, what? Mm. Uh in the last game I played, like I played a few times with like, random people, but not that much. But this time I've been playing a lot more, and you you need to like certain level, like certain missions, you pretty much need to. Wasn't that also the case? in... I mean, I'm assuming that the the boss encounters, or that there is instances that are kind of like um, 
oh, what is it called in, in Divinity? Like raids kind of events? Yeah, dungeons what am I saying raids? Divinity? Yeah, I mean, uh, Destiny, I should say. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, uh, I did a stranglehold today, which is basically like a fortress mission uh, where I had one guy with me. And it would have been help- nice if we had more guys. But, I mean, this guy did it together. We died a few times, but we can resurrect each other pretty well. Huh. But if I had to do it alone, I, I, it would have taken me two hours. <laughs> right. But, yeah, it's a decent game. Like, I, It's grown on me quite a bit now that I'm better at it, I guess. Uh and the other game was a, is another Ubisoft game, which is Far Cry New Dawn. Oh, yes. The, the epic conclusion. All I want to know, if I was incredibly frustrated with the way Far Cry 5 ended, will this game satisfy me in some form? Yeah. Well, one, it's a lot more, it's more linear game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it is still open-ended in terms of, like, you don't have to do the, you know, the missions, like, just one after another. Like, you can go do, like, take over, like, areas and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but the story is a lot less stupid, which is nice. There's no instance of like some random NPC yelling, shoot him with the bliss bullets. And the game just like hard locking story wise until you complete like a really arbitrary sequence. Hmm. There aren't any lieutenants in the game either. Uh, I mean, some of the games is still kind of dumb, but on the whole, it's a lot less stupid than far cry five, which was far, far cry five was, which you and I both really hated. Yeah, does it have any kind of trope or sequence that it likes to repeat ad nauseum, like the drug hallucinations in 5? No. It doesn't have those kind of interludes? There are there are one or two, but they aren't repeated. Like, it's just more like you're going to, like, a drug state, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like... It's not repeating the same sequence three times over, like Far Cry 5 did, which got really annoying. Yeah. I mean, it was meant to be brainwashing, but it's just in practice it, so terrible. The, the the biggest problem I still have with this with this game and Far Cry Five for that matter is you're not playing a character. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't get why they made that change. Like in Far Cry Four, like in all the previous games that I've played, I only played I played Far Cry Three and above. You play a character. Like in Far Cry Three, you played Jason, whatever his last name was, and in Far Cry Four, you played like R.J. Gale, mm-hmm. and like. So your character would respond to people. And in Far Cry 5 and in this one, you don't. You, in this one, you play like the captain of the security force of this train. Huh. And it's like, wow, is, what a good character. Th- is it another, um, you pick your gender and your voice yeah, at the yeah. beginning, basically? Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, And you also pick, you pick clothing, but you only see your character once. You only see your character for one one thing. So it's like, what? Well, why? also the classic... <laughs> You know, when they take away control from us and have the character look down on themselves and stuff, obviously. Yeah, but you're pick, you can't even pick, you can't even like wear like trucker hats and stuff like that. And it's like, I, you don't see these at all. No, like, you wouldn't see a trucker hat. You really only care about what your arms and legs are dressed in and your torso to some degree, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's a better game than Far Cry 5, but it's still not as good as other okay. better Far Cry games. Oh, did they bring the crafting back in any way, shape, or form? That is actually one interesting thing is you have a home base. Did you ever play Far Cry Primal? Uh, I did not. That one I skipped. Okay, in that in that game and in this one, you basically have like a town, and you you can upgrade areas of the town. So you can upgrade like the gun, the gun bench, or like the explosive tent, and that help like that's basically like your, you know, stat system. But also weapons have, uh, 
affin- like they don't have affinities, but they have levels to them. So there's like un- like common gun, which is white. Blue is uncommon. Green is- or green is uncommon. Blue is epic, or purple is epic, or no, purple is epic. And then uh, yellow is legendary. This town. Is this uh does this serve a narrative? Is this something that you um, grow to care about and um, want to protect? I mean, they, and uh, it's, they, is, they, a, is a big kind of central point of the character development. They try, but not really. Like it's just you need to keep getting ethanol to upgrade the town, and it makes you, like if you upgrade the, like the cartographer, you get better maps, or if you upgrade the garage, you get better vehicles. So it's, I mean, it really is just a basic gameplay system. It doesn't but play a role in the story. Uh, I mean, occasionally you have to defend it against, like, attacks. Okay, that's. I'm assuming uh, that's like a mission type. Yeah, yeah. Do you, is there a tower defense element? Do you get to set up turrets and stuff? No. Hmm. The one weird thing is you have, there's something called expeditions. Yeah. Where, like, you basically just go into a new map and have to, like, steal something and then hold out for two or three minutes. And then a helicopter comes and, like, rescues you and you get, like, a bunch of materials for it. Cool. Yeah. And it's like this this is weird. Like it's like a very I did two and one was like on a ship uh that's like just docked somewhere and one was like in a, like a Mexican t- like a desert town. Well that sounds interesting. Like, are, are there any other mission types like that that uh, um stood out to you different from the pre- from the series? Not really. Like these are the only two and then like they get it can do harder diff- harder vari- variations and like you get, you know, different weapons or different enemies and then you like the instead of going like to the to the beach where the uh, helicopter was the last time you have to go to the church, like which is a different area. But I mean, it's the same basic gameplay. Okay. It's just harder. But yeah, when you, once you sense. have two or th- once you have two or three of those yellow guns, the game gets a whole lot more easy. <laughs> okay. Well, for something that's another Far Cry game, we've we've sure talked about it. Yeah. Uh, well, the only the only other game I talk about briefly is Vertical Frame Two. It's a lot of fun. Versus Vertical Frame, what? No, Risk of Rain. Risk two. of Rain. Oh, okay, yes, two. So it was a 2D game, and now it's a 3D game. Yep. Yeah, and that, that they, much actually I know. They made the uh, they made the transition like really well. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of people were skeptical, like when they first announced it, but they it really feels like a risk, like a Risk of Rain one, except it's just now in 3D. <laughs> and it's a it's a very great multiplayer game. Uh huh. Uh, because it's 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 both cooperative and competitive. Is this like a roguelike in these kind of set maps where yeah. you're where you're just trying to wipe out everything? Yep. Where the goal is well, enemies will always keep spawning in. I think. Okay. The, no, no, they don't. Actually, they do stop spawning eventually. But the goal is to find the teleporter to spawn in the boss to kill the boss to get to the next level. Is there persistent persistent progress? Do you level up um, over time no, or whatnot? You, or? You fa- you have like a uh, persistent currency. I think they're called like lunar coins. I think, mm-hmm. and there's like a shop you can go to to spend those. But the, I guess the the thing you're trying to get is more, you're trying to unlock different characters because each character plays very very different from one another. And you only start you start with like four character or only start off with one character, and you can unlock like three or four more others as you play. Do you so un- I, do you unlock uh, them with currency, with currency, or do you unlock them by um, doing certain goals in the game itself? I think you unlock them from doing certain goals, like you know, killing two hundred enemies, or you know, like one of them. I think you have to like fall off a cliff, like a certain cliff, you know, find like a teleport, like a secret teleporter room, and find them there. Maybe very cool. 
Too bad it's only on actual computers and not Macintoshes. <laughs> I don't know. It's not my kind of game anyway, I think. We haven't played it. I mean, that's true. A... It, 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 it might it might suddenly click, but it doesn't the, the original Risk of Rain being kind of a 2D side scrolly sprite game. Um it, I, I liked it. It was a game that I enjoyed watching other people play, but it's not something that I would pick up myself. Yeah. Well, that's all said and done. Want to break into the news? I guess the big thing, or well, I guess the most recent thing we should talk about is all the Persona Four or Persona Five news. Oh yeah, we should start with we should start with the Persona stuff. Um, that's absolutely the most exciting stuff of all. So, um, which which uh, which announcement? We've got R, we've got S. Well, S was today, so let's start with Scramble. <laughs> all right, I'm pretty excited, man. The the like they only had a few gameplay seconds of that. It looked okay. I mean, it looked like a Musu game. I guess my question is, how will the actual Persona manifest in the game? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm assuming that it will be dungeons. No, I, no, no. I meant, I meant the actual Persona, like uh, Ariande, or you know, whatever the guy was. You know. Oh, I see. Well, of course, it'll be a, it's a Musou. It'll be a special. You build up an energy bar, and then you uh, hit uh, uh, two buttons simultaneously, and then uh, there'll be an animation, and maybe a little quick time event. And, uh, you know, that's how you do. I imagine you like those games because they're boring and grind-festy and all. The only one of those games I ever liked was Dragon Quest Heroes. That's one I didn't play. I The, the last one I played was the third One Piece. Ah. Uh, you, you know what the best one is, though? The um, Samurai Warriors 4. By far the best one of them because it actually has a properly implemented co-op mode where you can play any campaign mission that you want um, in co full, full co-op. It's none of that bullshit where, like, you have to play it once in single player to unlock it for co-op, which is a complete waste of my time and energy. Um, so that was a great one. So I'm hope my my hope of every Musu, the biggest thing with it always for me, is um, is always how the co-op is implemented. Um, other than that, you know, I I want uh, um, I want the One Piece ones have in my mind the best uh, kind of combos and things because of those See, those characters. I liked. Dragon Quest Heroes. It didn't have co-op, but it had super small and limited maps. I I hate Dragon Quest, or, uh, not Dragon Quest. I hate Dynasty Warriors because it has a huge map. You know, it's a go to sector nine of the map. That's where the enemies are, and let's go to sector sec sector four, which is like halfway across the map. And it's like, no. Yeah, this is why I, I like fast characters. I I don't want to. <laughs> And so Dynasty, uh, Dragon Quest had, like, super small maps. Yeah, but isn't that, that because they were defend the stupid mission point? Wasn't it all basically tower defense-style missions? That's why I didn't no. want to pick it up. No. No? Not at all. Okay, no. that's what I read at the time. No. Okay. Like, a few were, but most of them were fine. And then even the few that were, they were fun because, like, one was like you're in a very you're in a really small industrial area, and like there are cannons everywhere, mm. so you can just get into a cannon and you know blow it blow it up. <laughs> Maybe I need to pick up this uh, Dragon Quest Warriors. Uh yeah. I mean, I'll give it a shot if it comes out. I, that's one I'm like I. 
I'm hesitant about pre-ordering, or you know, I I don't know if I'd pre-order or not necessarily, but oh, the Persona one. Yeah. Yeah. No hesitation. It's a firstly, it's a Persona game. I laughed today at uh, the uh, social media reaction to this reveal. Oh yeah. Uh, people, well, people people are, are so out. upset that they're not getting their 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 completely pointless Persona Five Switch port. It's like at this point, just port the Royal to Switch. That's the one that matters. Why would you play vanilla Persona in a world where the Royal is about to come out? It doesn't make any sense. So the fact that this is a real new game is way more exciting to me than um, a port of a game I've already played one and a half times. I know you've played it twice. I'm actually kind of glad that I, I haven't played more of it because it, no, keep, I, it keeps the Royal fresher for me. I, I've played it more than twice. <laughs> okay. But you're still excited for the Royal though, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually thought five or this this 5S game might have been the Ar- or their fighting game because mm-hmm. I know there were rumors that Arxis is supposed to be making one, but it got delayed because of Dragon Dragon Ball Z. But hmm. I'd like to I'd like to still like to see that because I liked I liked uh, Persona 4 Arena and Ultimax quite a bit. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, the other game was Persona 5 Royal, uh, where they finally kind of trickled out the data or the info about that. Uh yeah, there's a new semester for your characters to play, or for the main part, main group to play through. Uh, there's a new female transfer student, Kazumi Yoshizawa. Yep. Yeah. Uh, who looks like a looks older? I think she's supposed to be a first year student. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent waifu material. Uh there's a possible sighting of a male Morgana, like a human Morgana, in the trailer. Oh, is that what that was? Is is he meant to be a psychiatrist in human form? Like I have he, no looks idea. Like a, he looks like a doctor, or, or maybe there's—I think there's like a psychiatrist character that they. No, teased. that's a, that's a there. I, I did see you're talking about Anne ta- or Anne talking to a doctor, right? That, no, that's not that's not Morgana. Morgana looks like a high school student. Okay, well, uh, that would have been cool too. And the game is due out October 31st in Japan this year with 2020 for Western audiences. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't announce that. It looks red. Uh, oh, yeah. It looks, I mean, it's a, it's a graphical update from Persona 4. Some of the camera changes look really good, I thought. Look, look really dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest question is, will Persona 4 data transfer over? Persona 5, you mean? Yes. Uh, yeah, sorry. Persona 5 data. Because that is the thing I want. Like, I want to, like, load into that game with all my cool shit. Yeah, I, I don't really expect that to happen. I, I think this is just going to be a new game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would, be, it would be a cool quality of life thing if they did that. But hardly a deal breaker, not doing it. Yeah. The big, the, well, the real deal breaker is what kind of special edition will I have. <laughs> the special edition that I'm really excited for is Catherine. Uh, what else? Uh, they announced, or they had a, that Wired article last week, I think, about the uh, PlayStation 5. Oh, yes. Ray tracing. Yep. A completely useless feature that no one cares about. Oh, you are so wrong, my friend. It's not like you hit... Like, ray tracing is like meant for PC games, not for consoles I un- yet. I understand. <laughs> but I will tell you this. As we've gone to 4K HDR... The flaws in the way that shadows are faked in games have become more glaring. And you're riding through the beautiful world of Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Xbox One X, and the one thing giving the artifice away are that the shadows are flickering and sometimes even disappearing for a frame or so, and it's weird. 
maybe with this kind of ray tracing being something that the hardware can easily and natively do, we get like what uh, Dark Souls 2 was promising with the dynamic lighting in that E3 demo. I think people are way too concerned about buzzwords like ray tracing or uh, what was it bit mapping and oh. anti you know anti aliasing. Dude, like, anti aliasing is a huge deal. One of the main things that I don't want to see is pixels. Anti aliasing, the smoothing over of the of of sharp lines, especially when rescaling things, is incredibly important. But most importantly, Mark, and you're being such a cynic, just think about this. A glorious age of video game mirrors awaits us. Yeah, that's what I care about when I play a game is the mirrors. A, a, a big part of what I like about games is the presentation, man. Well, well what would you rather have? A beautiful-looking game that play, or that has ho-hum gameplay or an amazing game that has ho-hum graphics? I mean, I would like both. I know that you don't agree with me that Red Dead 2 is a good game, but... Um... You know, I, most people don't agree with uh, uh, my personal take on things. I mean, Red Dead was fine. I didn't like it, but I recognized it was a well-made game. Uh -huh. I the game, like the, I thought the actual this design of it was terrible. It was stuck fifteen years in the past. Like even before, like it had worse mission design than GTA Five. Oh, so here I, I'm not going to mince words with there. I I actually have never liked Rockstar's game and interface design much, but they make for it up for it with other qualities. Uh, but, oh, sorry, we should, you know what, we should talk about the PlayStation 5. Sure. Uh, let's see, besides ray tracing, we've got ray tracing, we've got a built-in SSD, that's cool. Um, uh, it's cool, well, it will be cool depending on if you can upgrade it yourself, or how big games are going to be. That, okay, yes, so, uh, price, of course, is the biggest question mark there. Am I going to get a 2 terabyte SSD? Which is what I'm going to need for next next gen games. Um, I, I don't know, but whatever. You get the premium version of the console. Well, that's, that, that's, if they do premium, you know, they may not. May just have one skew. Well, that'll suck. But you know what? PlayStation actually has had a better history of being upgradable in this regard than um, than Xbox, if I'm not mistaken. Like you could you could do you could do hard drive swaps on the PS3 pretty easily. I mean PS. 360 had that, but you, had to, you know you had to buy the proprietary stupid, uh, you know, box or you know the hard drive. I mean, oh yeah, I still I still have the and for the 360, I I, I still have the um, those custom hard drives that kind of slot in the side and the special data transfer tool and all that guff. Yeah. But what else? Yeah, it's gonna have a uh, AMD Ryzen CPU or third gen CPU. Seems good. With a bunch of teraflops or whatever that. <laughs> uh huh. Again, it's a, it's just a numbers game. But other important things like still being disc based that's uh, that pleases me, of course. Yeah, there's a big rumor that it's going to be back compatible with PS4 at least, if not. I mean, I think it has to. At, at this PS4. point, they they took such a beating for not being backwards compatible with the PS3, which of course is a is a something that they got themselves into with the cell processor and all those all those decisions that they made with that system. Well, there's also the rumor with that old, uh, a few months old cop or uh, trademark application that Cerny did about backward compatibility with older like PS3, PS2, PS1. Yeah. I don't see why uh, the the PS4 doesn't have decent backwards compatibility for at least PS1 and 2 games. There's really no technical reason why that system should not be powerful enough to run a good emulator. PS1, the only thing I could think of would be because it's CD-based. And the, PS, the PS4 doesn't have that. I mean, it has a 
DVD dr- or Blu-ray drive. Yeah, it? what's the deal? It doesn't actually read CDs, does it? Because it's licensing. Right? They don't want to pay that like CD licensing, which oh is God. dumb. The fact that a Sony, a Sony device not playing CDs still absolutely just boggles my mind. Well, I think because they partnered with Philips to make the CD. Or Oh, yes. That's what it was. Or they, I know they partnered with someone to make the CD. Um, yeah. But it's also like... I mean, I know you're weird, but how many people are going to like load up this audio CD into a PS4? <laughs> well, the, you know, the PS3 was one of the best devices for ripping super audio CDs. It was one of the few devices that could actually read the super audio CD layer. The correct, correct PS3s were what were the ideal tool for ripping those so that you could play them back on a computer. I still have that PS... Oh, well, my debug PS1 still has uh, the RCA outputs. Mm-hmm. Which is like the bet. Like, remember, I always remember that one old stereo article that's like the guy was like, oh, the PS1 is the best audio CD player ever made or something like that. But um, the point with the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can talk about, okay, it's just bigger numbers or whatever. Uh, but what matters to me is if they're promising that I'm not an early adopter for televisions necessarily, I don't think I'm going to get 8K until 8K is somewhat baked. Um, but if this thing is supposed to be able to put out a decent 8K uh, signal, then it's got to run nice uh, on 4K, and I'm very happy with 4K. I think I just saw a thing about uh, Sony. Yeah, Sony built it, an 8K TV that's like three thousand dollars. Yeah, well, you know, 4K was three thousand dollars when it was new, so that's just gonna give it a few years. I always um. Well, you're the one always going like, I'll just wait for the 4K DVD or 4K Blu-ray. And it's like, well, now well, that's because gonna... I that's because I have it now. It's just stupid not to be, to watch the best version of a thing you like. Now you're gonna go up to 8K. You have to <laughs> hunt around for the 8K version of <laughs> Game of Thrones and all that other. <laughs> and then who are you gonna pawn your 4K 4K versions off to? Yeah. You've barely talked. I feel like I'm monopolizing your show. Dude. What are your thoughts on this PlayStation 5 business? No, I guess my cons- my biggest thing actually that probably the backward compatibility thing. Like if it actually has that, I'll probably buy it day one if I can. Yeah. Uh, if I if it doesn't, I mean I may hold off for a while or at least a little while. Uh, I I don't care much about like just graphical fidelity or you know it being a more powerful system. Like I know games have pretty much pegged the ps4 like i know that days gone game i know it has some pretty gnarly technical issues because you know the ps4 specs but oh on on the uh the old ps4 right not the i even heard the, the pro. pro even the pro struggles with it yeah mm. um my pro has gotten got, real loud i think i i really think the the pro and that xbox one x were dumb <laughs> i think the x is a great console i mean technically uh, it's a it's a really the hardware is really good it's quiet it runs well um the games have been really impressive the only thing i hate is the ui microsoft does not ever since yeah, windows 10 microsoft has not been able to design a decent ui to save their lives that's what i was going to point out is I, I know like the bombcast i think jeff's talked about like the xbox one x still has problems like loading up games or like, you know, just doing basic shit with the UI. And it's like, that's, that's bad. I'm like, what's going on there? Well, they've just, but that's, they're freaking platform 
their their flagship platform uh, uh, Windows is garbage. Also, it's not like they're doing anything well in this regard. Yeah, it's so bizarre that they took the touchscreen design for Windows 10 and they tried to stick it on the on the Xbox as a Connect screen where you then have to hover. This is the problem. The the big problem with Connect as a user interface where you're using your hand like a cursor was always that any kind of conform action is going to have to be hold this pose for three seconds or whatever while a bar fills. Because there's no way to present accident. You know, there's no tactileness. So they, they, they stole the UI from Minority Report. And in that movie, Tom Cruise is wearing a glove. So... They know where his hand, like right. He's got he's got all sorts of tactile feedback in those gloves that's allowing him to do nuanced things. Yeah, there isn't not like oh, we're gonna take a snapshot of your skeleton and hope for the best. It's like no, that does, that doesn't right, work. But, but the idea that you could do it just on motion uh, is crazy to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a luddite or something. But I'm always very skeptical of these kinds of things. Just like I'm skeptical of Google's streaming business. Oh, we'll get into that later. Oh yeah. Uh, so I guess the last thing about PS5 is what do you think? How much do you think it'll cost? Uh, five hundred and ninety-nine U.S. dollars. I actually think five hundred. I think so. I mean, that's the smart. That's what the X was selling for. So that seems to be the the accepted I, I, uh, price well, for a high-end console. I I just think six hundred is too much. Uh, I mean, I, the PS3 sold out at that price, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't great. Uh, I still think the PS3 was a wonderful console. Yeah, but you like it because it had those weird Japanese games. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's had one of the best libraries. I was kind of surprised that I saw a graph that the PS3 actually was a console winner for that generation. Or, I mean, I'm 100% between, behind that. Between PS3 and 360. I mean, the Wii uh, sold them both. But I think the PS3 was like 88 million units sold, and the 360 was like 83. Yeah. I mean, way of the, it, where else are you going to play Way of the Samurai or uh, Tokyo Jungle? Am I right? Well, at least one, only Tokyo Jungle is good, but not, that wasn't a good... I mean, that wasn't a popular game. <laughs> I mean, I imported it from Japan, and then I bought it again digitally here. But uh, I mean, bug, bug Sony for a Tokyo Jungle uh, re-release or HD version. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just... Here, here's the thing. That game never looked graphically good. I would love a, like, just exactly the same game design and everything, but super spruced up presentation. That'd be amazing. Well, you want that, and I want a Tomba One HD version. So Ooh. we'll see what happens. On the uh, on the flip side of the coin, uh, Xbox or Microsoft announced their Xbox One Digital Only Edition. Yes, well, for, the sad. The sad. Yeah, which is a good name for it. Which is two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, it makes it no com- sense. It comes with uh, Minecraft, Forza Horizon Three, and Sea of Thieves digitally. Okay, so I guess if you're if you're saying that the value of each of those games is sixty dollars and they're bundled in, then I guess the price point you could say, okay, it's competitive with a regular um, Xbox One S, I guess. Yeah. You know, I don't know why you'd buy any of these uh, worthless uh, cheapo Xbox SKUs. They they make no sense to me at all. The th- there's two other things. Uh, yeah. The I think it comes with a coupon for get, to get Game Pass for three months for a dollar. Okay. And they also announced their Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which is Game Pass and Xbox Gold for fifteen dollars a month. Um, I, my I have two problems with this package. 
Yeah. One is you're getting Forza Horizon 3 and not 4, which is the newer, better game. Oh, okay. There's that a newer Forza. Yeah, that came out last year. Okay. Like, these games... I mean, Minecraft is like 20, 30 bucks. Like, each, game's, each game is like 30 bucks. They're not $60 games. Right, Minecraft. I mean, Minecraft is... Yeah, ubiquitous. Even, even Sea of Thieves, you can get that for like thirty. I think, I think that launched at thirty dollars. Right. Um, the bigger problem is you can go into a store right now. I mean, most likely, buy an Xbox One S with the disc drive and a game, like an, the NBA Two K Nineteen or maybe PUBG or something like that, for cheaper than two hundred fifty dollars. And it comes with a fucking four K Blu-ray Blu-ray disc drive. <laughs> like, who would buy this hunk of shit? I, I really, I don't understand it. I mean, there's no, the value, just the value makes no sense. If this was 150 even to like, it, Even if it was 200 I mean, that's a little more attractive. You can get a uh, Xbox One S, one terabyte. It doesn't come with a game, but just, you know, with the console for $207 from Walmart. Yeah, makes no sense. Uh, yeah. It's a bad Bad thing. <laughs> what, what's next on the slate? Uh, the thing I told you about, and Sean about, and I, I, one of you had an idea who he was. They oh, ca- Pablo. Yeah, they cast the Halo, the Master Chief guy in the Halo TV show, and it is Pablo Schreiber. Uh, uh, he's from American Gods, Orange is New Black, The Wire, uh and a bunch of other stuff. All I can think about right now is whether he's related to Leif Schreiber. Half-brother. Half-brother. Interesting. Yep. So he's Nick in the doc season of The Wire, right? Yeah, he's like the he's like a, he's a big guy. He's like 6'1", I think. Uh he's a pretty muscular guy too, I think. So I think it's a really good choice. I guess my concern, well, not my concern, my question is like how much of him will we see? <laughs> like, uh, okay, I guess it could go either way. On the one hand, not that many people know who he is, so there's not going to be as much pressure to have him remove his helmet all the time, as like he was uh, sliced alone or something. Yeah. But um, on the other hand, it is pretty conventional in these things to have the main character take his helmet off a lot in the movie or TV version. Yeah, it's because it's like, why would you cast him... In a role, if he's going to wear a helmet for 95% of the time. Like, uh, I know you don't... Well, I showed you the episodes, episodes of Doom Patrol, or like that one. It's like they have Brendan Fraser and Matt Bomer in it. And well, they're basically voice act. I mean, they're in yeah. it a lot more, but it's kind of a, just a weird thing. <laughs> but yeah, but nobody wants to see regular Brendan Fraser right now. But it's kind of cool to have him be a voice actor. He's actually... He, like, he, he physically is in that show a lot. <laughs> So is it, you, do you, you stand Pablo Schreiber? Yeah, I I think he's a good actor. I've liked him in past stuff. Uh, he just got killed off in American Gods, so his time's freed up. <laughs> what else? <laughs> so I got nothing on this. I mean, it's cool, I guess. I don't give a shit about Halo, so. Uh, well, you didn't you? You said you liked Orange Is the New Black the first season or two, right? I don't know, man. These shows they just come and go. At some point, they they go bad, and then I just abandon them. Okay. I'm about that way with the Flash right now. <laughs> Oh, I gave up on The Flash after season three. Yeah, nah, I think everyone everyone should have. Let's say that. Mm. Uh, something something about GameStop has the new their new trade in program for Days yes. Gone or their new return policy, where if if you bought it 
within, or if you bought it at launch and you didn't like it within 48 hours, you can return it back to the store and get full credit. Not money, just credit. And I, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to do take advantage of this. I actually think it's a, the other way around. I think it's a smart program for GameStop because it'll be a, a strong incentive for people to buy from them but only in crazy edge cases will people actually saddle GameStop with these kinds of returns. I think it's the opposite because, I mean, the reviews for Days Gone aren't great. Like, you know, if it was like Sekiro, sure. Or if it was like Spider-Man, then absolutely. But when people, when most people get at home and find it's a, you know, half-assed motorcycle zombie game, they're going to go like, fuck this, take it back. Okay, yes. In the case of Days Gone, that that may be the one edge case. I, I just can't think of a game that I bought... Um, in this generation that I decided to return within less than two days. No Man's Sky? Okay, No Man's Sky would have been if I hadn't bought it digitally like a moron. That's like the one time where I thought like, oh yes, this is the kind of game, you know, they're going to keep updating it, there's really no point having it on disc because it's just a living uh, thing with a server. So I bought it, so, but yeah, I, I would have liked to have gotten some, it would have been cathartic to get some trading credit back for that piece of garbage. Yeah. Or, or to be able to return it. Okay, so yes. So there are certain games where this is going to make a big difference. But I, I think mostly it's gonna be, uh, they're going to be in the black from this because it's going to be a good selling point for... It's like an extra insurance. It's not every game also. Like, I think it's only select games we're doing this with. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. In that case, I take my take back. Yeah. Um, uh, I was misinformed. I think, I mean, the problem is, like, let's say, let's say this happens, like, widely like you know a store get, sells 60 copies of days gone and they get 55 of them back it's like yeah what are you supposed to do with these <laughs> like are you just gonna start handing them out as coasters like aol discs or something or i mean um, you're gonna just have to take a loss on them sell them at 20 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever they're gonna go down yeah I've... but gamestop it, i mean that's the problem is they're not doing well financially like sure I, like i said i think if they if this was a game if they picked a game that was like a much sure prospect, like Super Mario Maker 2, or... Yeah, but nobody would care. It's because Days Gone is a risky proposition that this even makes sense, because obviously if you're going to buy a Mario game, this kind of policy makes no sense because you're going to play that Mario game for a long time. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. It only makes sense when you assume that this is just a uh, general, like that they just do this program for everything, Oh yeah, but and it really only it really only bites them in certain cases, but it becomes a big buying incentive. It becomes like an insurance policy where where you're more likely to take a chance on something because you know that um, you can return it if it's terrible. Yeah, but yeah, what you describe sounds way less sensible. Yeah, because it's not every game. Because I mean, if the, if it was every game, they'd go out of business in a week. <laughs> oh, you think so? With how much money they are losing, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. And I think I think a lot of gamers are pretty, you know, they'll blast through a game in two days and say, you know, all right, let's take it back, or you know. Okay, yeah, okay, you're right. If you're if you're on your summer vacation, and you just have uh, um, a whole two free days, or I guess if you do it on the weekend, um, then uh, you could kind of game the system. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, I'm a moron then. <laughs> You believe the best in people, and I know it's actually going to happen. <laughs> well, that's true, I suppose. Uh, I think last week or two weeks ago, uh, EA showed off their Jedi Fallen Order trailer. Star Wars, the, uh, what is it, Respawn yeah. game? 
Uh huh. It's supposed to be single player only. Uh, it's due out November fifteenth of this year. Uh, it'll have no multi uh, microtransactions or any of their usual garbage. That's good. Uh, the story is gonna be set right after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and the main character is voiced by uh Cameron Moyn Cameron Moynihan from Shameless. Who I like. Okay. He's in he's in Gotham too. Um okay. haven't seen either of those shows. Sorry. Okay. Uh and I, I guess he's like a Jedi that he survived the you know, Order sixty six or whatever. Execute Order sixty six. Yeah. Uh I watched the trailer, it looked fine, I guess. It reminded me a lot of like Jedi uh Oh, what's that game? Jedi Academy? Uh, no, uh, The Force Unleashed. Oh, yes. Well, the, well that was... Okay. So so the the trailer for this game, it lost me the moment that they were doing the Inception bombs. Yeah. It's modern in a way that doesn't resonate with me when it comes to Star Wars. And it being set in the prequel era, which is one that, that I would like to forget. That is my biggest problem, is... They are fucking stuck in this like thirty-year, you know, timeline or you know, thirty-year era of Star Wars, and they can't get rid, of, can't, can't get out of it. Nothing that they teased about this particular plot is really that interesting to me. And of course, yeah. we haven't seen any gameplay, so yeah, um, it was it's all like reaction shots or just basically like a story trailer. Yeah. So it's like, uh, all right. <laughs> but you know what? They're making a Star Wars game. It's still Star Wars. It's going to be in the zeitgeist. So, of course, I'm going to have to play it no matter what, just by default. It's like Battlefield 2. I, I played that. Yeah, it had, a story ca- it had a story campaign, so I had to play that and see what it was like. Yeah. It was not good. Yep. I didn't even play it. Like, I think the last Star Wars game I played and liked was KOTOR 2. Yeah, KOTOR 2 is great. Uh, going down a bit. Uh, you can finally change your name on PSN. Yeah. Man, and I I did it. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. How was it? It was fine. Feel good? Uh, yeah, I had the same stupid one I had I've had for like nine years. So I finally changed it to like you know my current handle or name or whatever. So it's fine. Uh, they were like, it's not going to work with. I mean, there were games that it's like you know it might break or something. But the only game I had was uh, Hot Shots Golf or Everybody's Golf. I'm like, you know what? I'm fine. If I lose progress in that, like I'm not gonna care <laughs> well you know i've been wanting to change my psn name forever now because i made it just before i settled on my current moniker that i basically use everywhere same situation as you i imagine um so so it'd be nice to finally bring all of my usernames in line uh but what's what scares me though what scares me personally is that when i turned on two-factor authentication on my playstation account you know, just to be safe because people were getting hacked left and right. Yeah, I did that too. I went up to set my PlayStation TV, and it was a serious hassle trying to get a temporary code to satisfy the outdated password requirements on that device. And the same is the case for setting up, say, if I had to set up my backup PlayStation 3. Um, I would also, again, have to go to that website and generate that special code. And I'm then I'm afraid of, like, what if... Sony ever takes down that website. I said, all these consoles basically going to be bricked or I'm just never going to be able to put my account on them again. And well, that I mean, sort of thing. The changing of the name thing only happens for the PS4. Like my PS, my PSN name still says, it's like Humanity Plague is like the main one, but then in parentheses it says Alerka. Oh, okay. So like your PS3 will still say, I think whatever 
your old your old name is and oh interesting else. okay yeah. because i i was not i was not really worried about compatibility with playstation 4 games i don't yeah. think i'll ever play everybody's golf or hot shots golf yeah there's uh, like there's only like seven games that had problems and like yeah like three of them were like like uh nba 2k 14 15 and 16 it's like Dread, I can't play NBA 2K14 again. But what I'm worried about is my Vita games and my PS3 games. No, those those will still work. Okay. But but it won't be your your name won't change on that system. It'll still be still be your old one. Okay, so it's just it's basically just an alias. It's not a real name change. Right. It's not actually changing the name in the database. It's just creating a second field. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what it was rumored that was going to happen so i mean i guess yeah. it did <laughs> okay uh, that's less um less scary but also of course uh less impressive but yeah they they screwed themselves with the infrastructure early on so uh, the fact that they've solved this at all is pretty exciting yeah speaking of screwed up in- infrastructure uh dragon age 4 is rumored to be a live service game Mm. It'll have single player and multiplayer parts. Yeah, because well, it worked so well for Mass Effect Three and Andromeda. Yeah, I'm done, man. You're not gonna give Bioware a third shot. <laughs> third. <sighs> I mean, Mass Effect Three was okay. So was Dragon Age Inquisition, but it was only on Andromeda and Anthem that sucked hard. I did not like. I thought at the time that Inquisition was a bad game because uh, I played it at a time when it had pretty bad um, quest bugs and also cutscenes that would crap out where uh, they would not progress unless you skipped, which means I le- I, there's story stuff that I missed in Inquisition that I will never get to see because I'm not playing that game a second time. See, I played I played Inquisition later on. Yeah. And it's actually, it's actually the only Dragon Age game I actually like. I don't like the other two at all. Oh. Uh. Well, also, there are ways, there are character classes in Inquisition that completely break the game in really fun ways. Mm. Like, I think the, there's, like, a mage specialization where you basically get, like, uh, a magical uh, sword. And when mm. you hit when you hit enemies with the sword, it causes a shield to, come, to form around you. And if you keep hitting enemies with the sword, it just keeps replenishing the shield over and over. See, there was stuff like that in Dragon Age 2 as well. You could really do neat stuff with the classes. But, I mean, I, I loved Dragon Age 2 because it was kind of like Alpha Protocol in a way where it had this um, highly branching story where there was a lot of variation, which um, I, I ended up playing through it multiple times to see everything they were doing with the, with the branching story. I thought that was really neat. Uh, of course, Dragon Age 1 was, was um, even more ambitious in this regard with its, with its big opening sections being completely different. I, and then, see, I have really tried to get into Dragon Age 1, and I just did not like it. And I, oh, it's fantastic. I like, I, get, I like the story. I just didn't like the gameplay. I, I was just like, all right. It, it was old-fashioned in a very Baldur's Gate kind of way. It felt like a middle ground between Baldur's Gate and the more action-y Bioware that, it, that uh, we kind of got post-Dragon Age. Well, but... I, I really like Planescape Torment is like one of my favorite games. Sure. And games that have been about like I didn't like Torment Tides of Numenera, I think. because uh, that was a mess on consoles. And yeah, I, I, I heard I heard it was buggy. And then I didn't like, you know, stuff that 
was extrapolated out of Planescape. Or like uh, that's not th- that that second Planescape torment doesn't have anything to do with Bioware though. No, but I'm talking about like Dragon Age. Like I didn't like that either. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I used to be a big Bioware booster. Um, I felt a bit of an obligation to play Anthem because my gut told me that it might be the last Bioware game, and I bought and played Andromeda Two like an idiot. After hating Dragon Age 3 because it was a buggy mess and it already demonstrated that they didn't know how to use the Frostbite engine. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just a sucker for their story stuff, or at least I used to be. And, um, but, you know, we've, we've all read the Jason Schreier articles about the shenanigans at Bioware. Yeah, I, I, I actually just don't have any faith in that company left. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean. exactly. Um, after everything that they pulled and after seeing the terrible influence that EA's corporate culture and direction is having on Bioware, Dragon Age is basically dead to me. I mean, it's the same thing they've, they ran, uh, what was it? Oh, what was that company? Uh, they ran that other company into the ground, Visceral. Yeah, that was a crying shame. And what was the other one I liked? Uh, Pandemic. That was another studio I liked. Yeah, Saboteur. Yeah. I mean, if all you care about, well, I mean, all EA cares about now is, you know, microtransactions and making the game a live service. And it's like, except for that Star Wars game, which they were like, they actually were like patting themselves on the back saying like, oh, this isn't going to have microtransactions. Like, no, fuck nuts. None of your games should have it. Like, (laughs) Mercenaries was one of my all time favorite Xbox games. The one first, of the best games on the original Xbox, okay, the, first the first Mercenaries. The second, yeah, the first was great. Second was not. <laughs> it was not a okay. The second Mercenaries was okay. Uh, it was obviously behind the times in a way and uh, uh, very flawed. But one thing, the and you're gonna just think this is classic me and, and and sigh at me or whatever. But the pandemic just has always had really great tasting composers. I've always played all of their games because you know they got Christ they got Christopher Young of all people. You know, guy who did Hellraiser. They got Christopher Young to do the saboteur, uh, you know, Chris Tilton and Michael Giacchino doing the, those Mercenaries games. Uh, their, their games always have uh, – that Lord of the Rings game they made sounded amazing. I forget who did the music for that. But they're just a great – they just have great taste in and great style. They've always had great style in, the, in there as a studio. And then they got shut down in 2009 <laughs> or 2010 yeah. – or 2009 because, you know, yeah. EA – you know. I don't know why EA buys a studio, forces them to make the games like that they think is are good, and then shuts them down. Like the, I mean, yeah. I the biggest shame is actually by Criterion. Oh yeah, well, making Criterion do running them into the ground doing Need for Speed games is the worst. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that even if so, but even if Bioware weren't dead to me at this point, even if I wasn't completely fucking done. The games as service aspect adds, just adds insult to injury. Yeah, that's all. That's one of my biggest pet peeves in gaming already. So to, to say we're turning Dragon Age, which is uh, known for being a single player series, that's the thing that people like about it and care about it. Yeah, to make that a, a games as service doesn't make any goddamn sense. Did anybody play the multiplayer stuff in Inquisition? I I didn't even know it had it. <laughs> okay. I, I, we, my, my, co- my, one of my regular co-op buddies and I were planning to do it, and then uh, we just never got around to it and completely forgot. Uh, it only just occurred to me now. Yeah. Speaking of other games as a service, uh, they announced, finally got around to announcing Borderlands Three, and yeah. the one of the worst press conferences ever ever committed to the internet. I didn't watch it. I, I have a hard time watching Randy Pitchford. Yeah, it was 15 minutes of Randy Pitchford doing magic tricks. 
<laughs> Did he really? And then they showed a tra- they showed a trailer that was really bad graphic. Like the the computer that was running on couldn't handle it. Apparently, playback was chugging. Yeah. yeah. So they okay. like, ran oh, it that's... again on a better computer. And mm. It's like, oh man, wow. <laughs> I. I want him to go. He always struck me as kind of a used car salesman type, like yeah. very hucksterish. I, I remember the um, game. The, the, I don't know if you ever listened to Games for Windows Live. P- pretty much my favorite video game podcast ever. Jeff Green and Sean Elliott, those guys. There was a great episode where they covered E3, uh, and it was after just when Randy Pitchford was announcing the first Borderlands, and they talked about how he could not stop. Uh, talking about the guns. He was so obsessed with the number of guns. The difference is, is like, what I'm saying is like, it's probably better to have five really good weapons in a Halo or something than to have 500,000 that are the same with different <laughs> colored lights on them. And they, they really did. It, they really did strike me that. And it was sad because in the demonstration, yeah. Randy Pitchford and, and I forget yeah. the other guy's name were so intent on making us like this game. It was either, okay. It was a that's very not surreal demo. Yeah, yeah no. Be either... They're super. They're so genuinely impressed with their own game <laughs> that we were hearing their enthusiasm. Or what I'm inclined to believe is that they were, went in and they said, "Let's role play the, the, the eight-year-old who constitutes our ideal audience and how he is going to be reacting to to to." I the think stuff you're giving him have. too much credit. So you're, you're saying that they that they consciously, ironically, were were role playing guys who were enthusiastic about their game when in fact they're not. <laughs> I don't really. I'm not that. saying that they're not enthusiastic, but to, to this extent, to the point that like anytime someone would pick up a gun and there's a gun to pick up anytime you kill someone it'd be like oh wow look at that oh my god that's a good shotgun well i, I have the i have the yeah, yeah take I was, out your I was, notes because he, taking notes. he's good with, i know i was trying to look at look sideways at you because I, I was like are they kidding with this enthusiasm that's a fucking great gun Yo, it's, so it's like your game dude calm quote, down whoa look at that shotgun close quote oh my god I love that shotgun. Yeah. Another quote. Wow, that shotgun. It's like, it's like you know the Saturday Night Live skit where they're making fun of Sharon or hair. Pro- I mean, Sharon or uh, hair products. It's. I guess uh, you didn't ever watch Saturday Night Live in the never Farley days. Oh yeah, sure but I did. He, it was like. It's just like, oh my God, feel her hair. Feel how soft it is. And someone else would feel it. Oh, it's so soft. How soft. Oh my God, it's so soft. So it was like this with the damn gun in the game. And it was the dumbest gun, uh, gun I'd seen in the yeah. game in, in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about his medieval times, uh, USB, this is magic with the porn thing. Uh-huh. It's like, you got you to gotta go. <laughs> Let let Johnny V take over that company. Like so, there is of course the fact that uh, he had some child porn apparently. Well, that's that just, he saved that, on his computer. That's just or, what, like, I, I guess, like the ex lawyer said. Like, I don't. It's not sure if that's confirmed or not. Okay. The, the other two stories were like that him and his, I guess, him and his wife maybe, or like it, it might have just been him. They would have like porn parties at their house. I can invite people to like come over and watch porn together. Sure. And also, it was like they had like live demonstrations. Oh yeah. Okay. I I mean, you know, whatever you're into. I'm not. uh, I'm not. uh, And uh, well, the medieval shaming, um, you know, that kind of consensual among adults kind of behavior. The medieval times thing was like he lost a USB key at medieval times. It had like, uh, it had. Docu- like I think like legal documents probably like Alien vs Predator, 
and but then also it had like a few videos, like porn videos, uh, of this woman. And someone asked, like they returned the USB stick, and someone asked him, like, why are there porn videos on here? And he's like, because she's doing a magic trick with her vagina. And it's like, what? So, all right, so he's not the most work appropriate guy. No. Borderlands 3, uh, it's, it looks like it's going to have different worlds, which is good. Uh, <laughs> it's, wow, this is a super hard swerve segue back into Borderlands 3 from uh, Randy Pitchford's porn predilections. Well, we don't know how far it's going to go down. So, uh, four classes, like always. Uh, you can't customize the classes, or if you can, it'll always be colors. Uh, and it's going to be one of the Borderlands game. Like, it's, you know, they're trying to say, like, oh, it's going to be so different. It's like, no, it's not. Like who cares? <laughs> my my big thing with Borderlands is just that uh, something about the humor turns that, me off. It's very Seth MacFarlane to me. Borderlands One actually was good about that. Like it had a few things, but it wasn't so bad. But it wasn't over the top. It, it wasn't. It wasn't was, hitting you over the head with it. No, Borderlands Two was the problem. The game for me, like when, yeah. the, when uh, Claptrap is saying Alonzi like the like Doctor. Yeah, you know what like, it is. No. It's it's the difference between Family Guy season one through three and Family Guy after it came back from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like Borderlands 2. That, that was kind of my the end of the series for me. I, I played the first Borderlands a lot. Um, in fact, I've got all the achievements. I, I basically got all the achievements up until the very last one, which is the one in the, um, the final DLC where it was all about getting that random drop from the giant boss that spits out. The, the hundreds of guns at the end. Yeah. And I could never get that random drop. So I I, I lost my 100% completion status, which is uh, stupid on Xbox, much worse. You know, once you get the platinum on PlayStation, you've got that platinum trophy forever, whether they add DLC or not. Whereas with the first Borderlands, I was kind of chasing the DLC every time. And Mad Moxie almost killed me. Man, Mad Moxie actually is, I think, what really burn, burned me out on Borderlands. I, see, I didn't play Borderlands 1 much. I only had it on PC, and it had, like, a really weird FO, like field of view. So, like, I'd play it, and I'd get, like, nauseous when playing it. I'm like, this this is bad. I, so I played Borderlands 2 a lot more, and I realized I hate the characters of Borderlands. Like, I hate I hate, I hate Mad Moxie. I hate Tiny Tina. Uh, I hated Jack. Like, the only good Borderlands game to me is Borderlands uh, the Telltale one. There are occasions with Tiny Tina where she almost slips into like Maria Bamford territory. Yeah. And I like those. Um with the non sequiturs and whatnot. Well, the thing about Borderlands, I think it's at its very core, it's a fun game, especially if you have friends to play it with. Like mm-hmm. by all means, go for it. But it's everything around it, like the story, the gun like the gun crafting system that isn't there, uh like the attitude about it. It's like, that's what I don't like. Yeah. But it's coming out uh, September 13th. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to cover a new story about a release. And it'll, uh, I mean, it's coming to PS4 and 360, or th- PS4 and Xbox One, but it's also coming to the Epic Game Store and not Steam for six months. And yep, old Randy's had a lot of shit talking to say about Steam. And it's like, they, they, they could buy your pitiful company and crush it into the ground. Like, you may want to hold off a little. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, did, did all this drama around digi- different different digital platforms 
on PC. It's just stupid. I mean, I, I am a I'm a ardent defender of Steam. I mean, they could do things better, but I don't want to have four or five different game launchers on my computer running at all times. Oh, I I can certainly understand that, but the outrage. Uh, just don't consume the product if you don't like the business practices. Is what I say. Yep, that's what piracy's for. Anyway, no, 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 don't pirate. <laughs> no, I mean, I, ne- never pirate. I, I frankly would like. I would rather, you know, when a game gets on Steam, then I'll buy it. But like, you know, Metro Exodus, if if, if I wanted to play it, I would just play it on just play it on PS4, man. No. <laughs> uh, Sega finally announced their own official for the ninth time mini console. <laughs> it's coming the nineteenth. Of this year, it'll be eighty bucks. It'll have two controllers and a whole lot of Sonic game and a whole lot of Sega and Sonic games. <laughs> yeah, I mean day one, right? No, not at all. No, okay. Uh well, I I don't have a great affinity for the Genesis, honestly. Like, I, there are like ten to fifteen games I would I, I I like on the Genesis. Most of those I already have on PC or three sixty, like. Like Gunstar Heroes, like I'm not gonna play that again necessarily. I had a great experience with the um, Sonic's Genesis Collection on the 360. Yeah, that was a great collection of games. I know that some of the subsequent releases are different. Like a lot of these games, like I'll list some like Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania, Bloodlines, mm-hmm. Toadgem and Earl, Comic Zone, Sonic One and Two. Earth- well, one question: Fantasy Star. What what Fantasy Star uh, games do we have here? Uh, That's... not yet, I don't think. No? Nothing on the announced list? Nope. At least not yet. I mean, okay. that'll probably be like later. Uh, Do we need some Fantasy Star 2 on here? Yeah, Streets of Rage 2, that's good enough. Eh, eh, dollars. Uh, but M2 was doing the emulation, not that stupid At Games bullshit. Is At Games, was, was that the PlayStation thing? No, at, well, I think At Games did have a hand, but At Games have done has done the previous Genesis mini collections that are like you know in Rite Aids and pharmacies everywhere, and they always uh, have like a horrible emulation. Yeah, uh, that's only like a step above that uh, bootleg, uh, um, you know, SNES mini I bought. Yeah, I mean that's probably like somewhat better in some cases. Right, they're not at least on that thing. It was, it was all NES games, right? Yeah. These at, Sorry, uh, NES. These at games things, like they put on like Master System games, and then also like their own bootleg versions of stuff, or like you know just their own games. It's like, what are you doing? Like people want eighty. If you're gonna say eighty Genesis games, put eighty Genesis games on this thing, not thirty Genesis games and twenty Master System games and a bunch of other crap. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing a nostalgia play, that the. Uh... Nintendo has basically set the standard, so I'm assuming oh, yeah. that they're going to just aim for that sort of thing, and that's... I mean, Sega's finally gotten the clue that, you know, if you spend money making the thing, you're going to spend a lot more money, or you're going to get more money from people, like the nostalgia factor from people buying it. Yeah. That's what Sony missed the boat on. They wanted to do it cheap and quick, and then it was a gigantic failure. Yeah, people don't like cheap and quick for these kind of collector's things. Yeah. It can be cheap, but then it has to be good. Or, you know, it can be cheap, but then, you well, know. <laughs> I'm cheap in, in terms of uh, not cutting corners on the production yeah. uh, 
not 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 cheap in terms of the MSRP. Right. <laughs> so, uh, what else? Oh yeah, now we can we should talk about that Google Stadia thing. Oh yeah, the Stadia. All right. So, I, I'll let you introduce what it is first. It is, I mean, it is a it is meant to be a uh, web only streaming service from Google where you play like legitimate games, uh, like Assassin's Creed. They showed off like Assassin's Creed, or I think Odyssey. Um, they haven't announced price yet. That's that's the biggest thing. Uh, they announced a a I think an infrared controller or like a, some type of oh. weird controller. Uh, it's Wi-Fi direct controller. So it, it will seamlessly go from like a computer to like a phone to a TV. That's what they showed in the trailer or like their web, mm. their uh, press conference, which actually looked kind of interesting. Uh, it'll be s- server based. So they're not, you're not going to have like a box in your home necessarily. But they can spin up servers, like for more popular games. Uh, they will have like save states for streamers, like so you can like play a game as like the streamer, like from a certain like say like point in the game. Um, what else? And it'll be a lot more uh, multiplayer focused. They said because it'll be you don't you don't have to build that infrastructure. It's always is already supposed supposed to already be there. They will also have their own games. They opened as King Studio with Jade Raymond like leading it, uh, and they're partnering with ID Software already, and uh, I think Ubisoft as well. Uh, it was supposed to be launched this year. It's, it's supposed to run on a 30 to 35 megabyte or Mbps uh, connection. We will see how well that works. <laughs> I am extremely skeptical. I don't think I've seen this thing done well yet. And just because it's Google doesn't mean I trust that it's suddenly going to work great. This is kind of like, it's one of those things you think like, okay, cloud gaming like this where you don't have to have the hardware, the hardware is remote. That seems like a super neat idea in the same way that, uh, you know, extracting all this blood test data from a single drop of blood Sounds like a really neat idea. I mean, if you listen to those Theranos investors, they were all going on about like, wow, it's such an incredible idea. Uh, but you know that that's not physically possible. So I, I, I just knowing the limitations of the real world, I just I'm not, I have no confidence in this whatsoever. What was the last one? There was like di- something reap reap. What was the last one of these services? Well, the last big one was play on live. Play on live on live. That's what it was. Yes. That actually did work, but uh, it was ad-supported, or, I mean, no one really bought into it, so then it was ad-supported, and then it crashed. Yeah, but man, the lag. Can you really deal with that kind of lag? I, for, at the time, I actually heard that was that was pretty low latency. Like, that actually did work fairly well with certain games. That's the thing. Like, a fighting game, this isn't going to work. Or, like, something that requires, like, you know, split-second accuracy. Like, no. But I just don't believe it for a second. I've got lag just doing Bluetooth stuff in the house. Yeah. And I tried Steam Link, and Steam Link was garbage. I mean, how far away were, or you know, how far away was it? I'm in a one bedroom. I mean, it was not. Um... I, I tried Steam Link, and it worked fine for some games, but you know, other games was like, nope. <laughs> like, I, no. I, I actually, I I ran Assassin's Creed for my PS4 
to my tablet, and it worked. It worked well. This is going to be one of those things where I'm going to have to see it to believe it, and even then, it's going to be hard to lure me to this kind of I, uh, service. I don't think it'll work. Not because of, not necessarily because of connection or practical reasons. I don't think it'll work because of like how pie in the sky they are. Like they didn't announce a price. Uh, they didn't announce how you're going to own a game. Like if you're going to rent it, you know, just rent it, or if you're if it's going to be like sixty bucks, you know, like it would be on Steam or Epic or whatever. Uh, and then also like Google has a long ass history of shutting down services that don't work. Like oh yeah, I mean Google Glass barely lasted through the beta period. Or like Google Plus, like that. No one that was a like failure. Like no one Google. Could. I mean Google Plus still exists in a way. I will sometimes post new podcast episodes there because they it'll help the SEO. Yeah, that was actually that. The, that was literally the only thing when Google Plus was new. This is the funny thing. I was working at a marketing uh, agency, and the SEO guys were so excited about Google Plus. Because you could make Google pay way more attention to you by just having Google Plus pages for things. Yeah. Uh, I, but I also I think like, well, like you said, like most people still don't have good internet. I mean, I have decent internet, and I still even streaming. You know, like I tried Netflix 4K streaming for like a few minutes, but streaming 4K once you, it goes through all the compression and everything, it doesn't look better than a Blu-ray, even though it's technically a higher resolution. So the idea of 4K gaming and then also it just it I don't know it's not it's not going to be for me regardless. Also, have if if you do go through then have fun with that data cap that Comcast and you know imposes on people. Oh, that's the other thing. I already use pretty much all of my allotted data every month, so that's oh. another reason why I wouldn't want to stream stuff in 4K either because it's just. I mean, I, I actually pay for the uh, you know unlimited upgrade because I, I had to with my old roommate. And it's like, I mean, I keep paying for it, but I, I yeah. tend to use a lot of data, so it's, you know, fine. <laughs> no. It's just eating my bandwidth. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, that's a negative from both of us in that story. <laughs> yeah. Man, we're, we're, we're negative Nancy's today. We're crapping on everything. Except for Persona. Persona is magic. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, did you watch, switching to the entertainment side of the podcast... Did you yeah. watch any of the Star Wars crap, like the trailer, or... Oh, yeah, I saw the trailer. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's funny to me, because everything about The Last Jedi was basically let the past die. Yeah. That was the overarching theme of the movie, and now it's hook that sweet, sweet past directly into your veins. Yeah. I really think if, like, if... They could do, redo like the past two Star Wars films. They they would have got JJ to do the second one, as well. I I just have to wonder like what the over somebody Kathleen Kennedy on a wall somewhere must have had some sort of a story bible uh, to really you know make sense of the trilogy as a whole. And I I just it just seems very it seems very haphazard the um the narrative shift between those movies, but. Who knows? I mean, uh, JJ seems to be undoing a bunch of stuff. He's bringing the Emperor back. He's bringing the helmet back. Um, a lot of stuff. You're, you know, Ryan Johnson had them throw away the lightsaber. J, you know, JJ is doing the opposite. He's, he's. Uh, remember this. You know, we're gonna have more bullshit about Ray's parents. 
It's like, oh, great. Can't wait for that. No, no, no. Rise of Skywalker. That's clearly referring to either Luke with two U's. Luke. Um, or it could be bigger Luke. I'm assuming that's the Skywalker that we're talking See, I th- about. When I, said, when I saw Rise of Skywalker, I thought it meant, it was, I thought it meant about Luke's penis, but <laughs> I guess I was well, wrong on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't know, man. That, um, also, that has thrown me off for sure. They they talked a little. I saw a few pictures of that Mandalorian TV show. And yeah, I, like, I have a coworker who is the biggest Boba Fett fan in the world, and he cannot shut up about it. And it's like, for a character that basically said three words in the fucking movies he's in, who cares? It's because it's one of the all-time great character designs. Well, it's the same thing. That's about, all this. People love the outfit. The outfit is uh, iconic. It's a classic. Same, well, it's the same thing. About, oh, so iconic! It came from the Star Wars holiday special cartoon. Oh yeah, uh, oh, that, it's the same. Hey, that's still a better. That's still a better Star Wars movie than most. It's. It reminds me of uh, Captain Phasma from the you know the recent movies. Oh, it's exactly the same thing. Where you like, here's the cool, the 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 deliberately iconic character, but then they didn't give her enough to do. Yeah, so it didn't I, take. I, I had someone arguing with me on Twitter once. Like I was like, Gwendolyn Christie is like completely wasted in that role. And yeah. someone was like, "No, she's not. Like, she's like." They're talking about like what a good actress she is, and I'm like, "Oh, she's a wonderful actress." Well, I was like, "Okay, she's a good actress. You wouldn't know it from those films because she doesn't do shit, and she gets yeah. killed off in two minutes, and you know, whenever she's in it. So who cares?" But this, like, I think it was a girl. She would not stop arguing about it with me, and I'm like, "You like, it's the same thing about Boba Fett. Like, who cares who's in the fucking helmet? Like." <laughs> Does it matter? Yeah, but the, Man- the Mandalorians are interesting from a lore standpoint, as a culture and as a as a, a well, big it, part of the expanded universe. The Mandalorian is going to have, isn't it that? Uh, it's the uh, Cassian Andor TV show, right? Or is that a different one? Casting Andor? No, Cassian. The guy. Cassian from, Andor. The guy from Rogue oh. One. Oh yes, Cassian. Sorry, he's so forgettable. Didn't he? No, they, oh, it's a prequel then, because he got blown up at the end of Rogue One. Sorry, spoiler. And, and they're like, "Oh, we we brought Andy. Yeah, uh, we brought. Uh, what's his name? Wait, so he's the Mandalorian? What? That doesn't make any sense. The Mandalorian's supposed to be. It's it's like this culture of, of like war. This like old ancient warrior culture or something that, uh, the rituals of which uh, Boba Fett grew up. Or he killed like one and took his armor or something. I don't think Boba Fett himself is a Mandalorian. Well, Boba Fett is a clone, remember? That's right, right. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I mean, he didn't like join. He didn't. He must have crash landed on that. Is that all expanded universe? I don't know what's canon anymore. God damn it. Yeah. <sighs> Star Wars, man. It's weird. Oh, I, this may not be the Mandalorian. This may be like another show. I think. Yeah, I was okay. gonna say it yeah. doesn't make any sense what but, you're describing. Yeah, I looking at because they also announced that Alan Tudyk's gonna be in it as well as K2SO, and I'm like, yeah, of course he is. He's not doing. Yeah, that's that's, that's a different show. Yeah, different. they were gonna make I, a. Bu- I, yeah, I honestly couldn't care about either one because it's all, like I said, it's all in the same like thirty year span, like that they can't get out of like. If they made a KOTOR show, I'd be into that. That's fine. Classic Star Wars era is better than any of the other Star Wars eras. This right here, this rambling, boring conversation containing already made-before observations, this could be a podcast. But, uh, let's see, both of these shows are going to be on that Disney Plus streaming service, which is going to be November 12th this year. It'll retail at $70 a month or 70 per year, which isn't bad, I guess. 
Uh, it's supposed to have all the Disney crap on it. <laughs> yeah, $7 a month is perfectly fine for a streaming service. And if the back catalog is as big as they promise it to be, then, um, you know, that's cool. Though no Night Crossing I saw on the list. So where's my Night Crossing, Disney? Where's the Son of the South? <laughs> Song of the South? Song of the South, sorry, yeah. I mean, I don't really get why that movie's so controversial. Well, I think it's because like the Uncle Ben character. <laughs> well, but there's a lot of stereotypes like that in old movies. That's just kind of par for the course with um, that era to some degree. And people still watch Gone with the Wind, and Gone with the Wind has uh, yeah, I, some stereotypes. I, I watched that with an ex with an ex girlfriend of mine. Like I, I it was the first time I saw it, and I bought it for her, and I was like horrified. <laughs> Were you? Oh uh, well. I mean, the Mammy character is itself kind of problematic. I know she won in the Oscar, I think, for that role. But uh -huh. just like the basic it's... plot, I was like, the Scarlet character is like the worst person ever ever created. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the great thing about it, how, how she, you know, she drives everybody in her life that loves her away yeah. over the course of that story. Uh, but... but Disney Plus is going to have a bunch of crap, like Marvel shows, and have, they introduced a Hawkeye show, uh, there's also the Loki show and the, I think it's called Wanda Vision show, which is a terrible name, but that Wanda Scarlet's, uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision show. None of that stuff. Oh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Yes, will it be the same actors from yeah, the? Um, they actually are the paying, you know, movies. They're getting the people, the, the movie actors for these shows. Yeah, it's, you know that's a way to get people to buy it for sure. That's the only thing. Oh, so so Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I guess he'll, doing he'll the Loki the, TV series. He'll be in the Loki show. Yeah, he'll be Loki. That'll be a definite selling point and certain catnip to a big chunk of the audience. Yep, they're also doing a uh, Monsters Inc. TV show, mm. and they're actually getting Billy Crystal and John Goodman to like voice the characters. But are they getting Randy Newman? No one should get Randy Newman. <laughs> you don't. You don't like Randy Newman. What's this madness? I remember the family guy and they're making fun of him. That was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, that is uh but you know, he his performances are a joke. He's a joke performer. He's like a weird Al type or so whatever. Who's more of a joke, him or uh what's his name? G. E. Smith from the SNL band. Oh, I have no idea. On the anime side, they announced the live action Cowboy Bebop cast. You know this more than I do. <laughs> I assume. Well, who's who's playing? You tell tell me who's playing Ayn. Uh I have no idea. <laughs> I I've not seen that anime, so. <laughs> oh, it's trying, it's one of the best. I was trying to get you to grab it for me because I'll never buy it. But uh, the only guy. Yeah, I... but you wanted me. You want you were like you're not content with the thirty dollars. Here's your regular release of uh, Cowboy Bebop. You have to have the weird I, Amazon exclusive collector's I thing with a bunch of cards and I shit. I want the stupid art book. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, I'm only interested in it because I, I like John Cho a lot. As an actor, I think he's really good. He, he's pigeonholed quite a bit, but I think he can he can get... He has range. Oh, sure. The casting seems fine. Um, I'm not crazy about the guy who's playing um, Vicious, but uh, that's the only one that seems a little bit shaky. Bring back Yoko, Yoko Kano is who I care about. Until you've confirmed that Yoko Kano is back. Um, I'm not going to get super excited. Yeah. The anime is incredible. You should watch the anime. If you're a fan of stuff like Firefly, like this is kind of the original Firefly in that it is, you know, a mix of Western and space and sci-fi aesthetics with a 
you know, ramshackle crew trying to make money and just living and surviving. Yeah. Um, I I really love it. Yeah. Wanted to give it a shot. I, I, Hoping the live action huh? will be decent. I watched that redlining you, you sent me that one time. So, and it, yeah. it can't get any better than Dragon Ball Evolution. I saw that. In the, I saw Dragon Ball Evolution in the movie theater. I I don't doubt it. <laughs> I think that's actually about it for big stories and news. Yeah. That's that's our news. What else do you and Sean? You guys tend to talk about Dragon Ball. I haven't been watching any Dragon Ball. I don't know if you want to talk about stuff you've been watching. Been watching Game of Thrones, have you? Nope, I've never seen an episode. It's uh, it's the calm before the storm so far. Well, but, um, how about this? What are like five shows that you're watching that are actually of this of this decade? Because I know you. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear about uh, Perry Mason. No, I'm good. I don't think most of the audience wants to know about Perry Mason. Have you heard the good news about Barnaby Jones? I actually saw that Columbo set you sent me for Christmas and an FYE for like 80 bucks. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't pay that much, so we got a much better deal than that. Yeah. So, yeah, what are five shows that you're watching? Or... Yeah, so Game of Thrones is pretty good. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about it because uh, um, that, that's, that's uh, fraught with spoilers. Um, other than that, contemporary, sh- I, I think that actually is the only contemporary show that I'm watching. Hmm. Um, how my wife, uh, has been getting into Inuyasha, which is a nineties anime. I've actually heard um, of that. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's an early, uh, isekai. So, you know, a girl from our time, uh, she's got a magical, uh, Jem travels back into uh, Warring States era, which is also full of demons. And it's just a really great kind of classic anime with um, lo- a lovable uh, kind of will-they-or-won't-they oh, romance at the center of it between her and the half-demon. Yeah. And we're really enjoying it. I'm just happy. My wife doesn't usually watch a lot of anime other than like Studio Ghibli stuff. So I'm happy that she took the uh, initiative of actually saying, here's an anime that I'm interested in. Yeah. But I've completely broken your task of finding a contemporary show. Oh, uh, I finished. Um, I'm, I'm up to date on Goblin Slayer. That's a that's a now show, I guess. I dig it. Another anime. <laughs> yes, yes, it's uh, one of the one of the recent seasons of anime. Fun. Hence the name. It's like imagine an RPG type world. Where goblins are like what, like the low level mob bullshit enemies, and everybody else uh, is is befuddled by the fact that he will only he he does goblin jobs only basically. Yeah. Even though he's way overpowered for them, but it's out of personal, for personal reasons, and it's kind of it's kind of cool. Fun. <laughs> I don't know. How about you, man? I have like six or seven shows that kind of it's like I I. I mean, I'm much more of a uh, modern watcher than you are, I guess. Or I watch like TV shows of this year, <laughs> right? Uh, so I think tonight is like the finale of uh, the Orville. Oh yes, which is really good this year. I thought uh, I-, I would be watching that if only they had put it out on Blu-ray and not DVD only, which is not a way that I want to watch the Orville. Well, buy the 4K editions from iTunes. I'm sure they have it somewhere. Okay, I guess I'm gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to buy stuff. I hate paying for digital. It's not real to me. Well, that's why there's something called BitTorrent. <laughs> Again, don't pirate people. Don't do it. Well, just I would say pirate it and then and then mail forty bucks to Seth MacFarlane and go like, 
Here's a payment oh. for the non-Blu-ray. <laughs> no, don't, don't don't give Seth MacFar- don't mail Seth MacFarlane money. Uh, if if you're gonna give Seth MacFarlane money, it's got to be for products and services. Star Trek ended last week, uh, so I'm not watching that. Yeah. Uh, oh, what? So what do you think about Discovery second season as a whole? Uh it was better and worse than the last mm. season. Uh, I think Anson Mount did a really great job as Pike. Like that, like the Pike and Spock stuff actually really tended to work for me. Uh, it was all the Red Angel bullshit that like really dragged it down. It's like there aren't angels in Star Trek. Like, what what even is this? Can you explain this to me? Those like they kept seeing like a like this Red Angel that would appear like I guess well it would appear from the future, and it was like a signal. And it would like completely. Uh, they thought it was like, destroying starships and like it was, like a terrible thing, but it really wasn't. I'm not going to spoil it. I can if mm. you want off the air, but uh, yeah, it was really hokey. Mm. Like they keep introducing like these like l- you know long arcs, like what they think are like long and interesting arcs, but it reminds me of like Lost or you know something like really hackneyed. Right. Well, with Lost, it was just that it never went anywhere. Yeah. They kept every every time that they got close to wrapping up a storyline, they would switch focus and start a new storyline. Yeah, uh, is that what's happening here, or what is it? Yeah, every like season, what's making you feel this? No, every season they inter- they're introducing like a new story, like basically story, like season long story, like season mystery. And that's fine as long as they also give you closure on things. Yeah, they don't, and then it's really bad. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I'm watching what we do in the shadows, which is great. I've watched the first episode of that. It was pretty good. I really like that female vampire. I think she does like a really funny job. Okay. I need to see more of her. Yeah. The, the first episode was very focused on the energy vampire. And while I think he's a good joke, I'm afraid I'm going to get tired of him. No, he comes back. Like, he, he's omni- He's pretty present in the show. But episode, I think episode four is like where he really comes into his own because he has a uh, fight against an emotional vampire who is Vanessa mm-hmm. Bayer from SNL. And she- oh, that's nice casting for an emotional vampire. Yeah, she's really funny. Uh, yeah, I like her. I am watching Legends of Tomorrow, the DC show. I am hate watching The Flash just because it's so terrible. I I, I watch that show just because I'm astounded at how bad it is. Yeah, I feel the only one of these DC shows I can still watch is Supergirl, and that's just because I really like Melissa Benoist. Yeah, that's the only thing keeping me there. Uh, I'm watching American Gods, even though this this season has been terrible. <laughs> yeah. I should say I haven't watched recent Supergirl because I'm waiting for it to be on Netflix. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, American Gods, um, what's what's so awful? How is it uh, a decline from season one? I think, well, season one had, uh, oh, what's his Gillian Anderson of, for, for one. Uh, no, actually, I like her replacement, that Asian girl, that Asian woman I showed you. New media. They got rid of Brian Fuller was doing in season one, and he's like the guy that always gets fired from shows or always leaves them <laughs> yeah he does he it's more that he leaves them it's just he can't he has to keep starting new shows and then he loses interest and has to start something new yeah i'm sure his new vampire and rice show is gonna be great yeah that's totally worth not doing star trek over, over it just give me okay i guess he couldn't he, he it was not his fault that Han- hannibal just got straight up canceled yeah that was like ratings i think that you know Man, the fact that people didn't like hannibal still breaks my heart or that it didn't do well like the problem with this show, this season, I guess of American Gods is like they are just stuck in a location, like for most of it, and I don't care. And they're just having speeches constantly. 
Like they had, like the last episode was really good. The last two were really good, but yeah, it's just so aimless and like so directionless. And mm. I don't know if that's that's how the comic is. I'd hope not, but it's like yeesh. Because I, I know like right. Neil Gaiman wrote, wrote like one episode, but get him back in there, like make him do more. <laughs> I like Neil Gaiman's novels, but uh, some of his TV scripts have been kind of underwhelming for me. I'm really looking like for... his Doctor Who episodes and whatnot. I like that first one a lot. The, yeah, the one the, the the lady TARDIS. Yeah, the second one was a problem. I, I like the idea of the second one, but it had a problem of like budget. <laughs> okay, well, but that's yeah, that's not the writer's fault. Like, I'm I'm really looking forward to that Good Omens TV show he's doing. Yes, so that actually, I'm also a huge Discworld, huge Discworld fan. Uh, being a into Terry Pratchett, uh, that is, uh, I I had to. Read good omens. Obviously, I had never read a Neil Gaiman book before, and uh, man, one of the most the most hilarious thing in that book right away is there's a uh, a guy who basically is a god of thunder and he doesn't realize it. He's the reincarnation of some ancient god, but the only manifestation of it is that just wherever it goes, it always rains. Yeah, and it ruins his life, oh. and that is. A- <laughs> well, the other two shows I'm kind of I'm following are uh, Doom Patrol. Uh-huh. And oh, something else. Oh, a deadly class, but then it ended a few weeks ago. Uh so Doom Patrol, the last the last episode, they introduce the supervillain of the Beard Hunter. And it is a guy who can track people by eating their beard hair. I I have what? Yeah. I I I don't even know what to say. It's really great. It's I, Doom Patrol is such a great show. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think anyone's watching it except for me, but it's so great. <laughs> he, he eats someone's beer. He's like, I can I can I can uh, I can sense where they are through time and space. From and he, right, and it's like this is great. You geolocate them via beard eating. It's not like you acquire you don't acquire their memories or powers or anything. Well, I think he also can like uh, sense movement or like like. Uh, anticipate movement because he has a fight with cyborg and he he ate like a beard hair so he like is it just like so, dodging all of his like punches and, just, and wait so he can predict what cyborg's gonna do based on the fact that he ate some of his beard yep okay basically he says the beard knows all sure sure so yeah that's a great show <laughs> i i watched the pile with you it was yeah. okay just like with uh, Deadly Class. I'm still waiting for there to be some kind of a Blu-ray release of Deadly Class, but it's not uh, I mean, the show, It's not happening, it seems. The show just ended, so, I mean... I guess that's true, but I would just I would think it'd be up for pre-order at this point on Amazon. I mean... But no. Yeah, I mean, show... Well, streaming shows always take a while, or... Well, Deadly Class wasn't streaming, that's right, but... Is it... What's, what cha- I don't even know what channel is. Is it Showtime or, yeah. or FX? No, FX, right? De- no, Deadly Class is uh, sci-fi. Oh, sci-fi. Okay. Man, it's cool that sci-fi has good shows now. I remember a time when sci-fi was kind of sad. Yeah. Well, they have, like, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't catch up with this season, but they have a show called Happy also. Yes. It's really good. Um, I have a friend of mine who is uh, way into Happy, and uh, I guess I should watch it as a fan of Patton Oswalt. Yeah. And I know also Weird Al is um, playing a character now, so I guess oh. I should watch that. I didn't know that, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brian Posehn is in Deadly Class, and he's, he does a really good, really good role. Yes, I remember liking him a lot in um, uh, Brutal Legend. Yeah, he played a character in that. Yep. 
Underrated game. No. It was a it was a bad No if it, it, it was a Legend of Zelda game, it was bad. It was it would have been good, but when they threw it's in a Legend this, of Zelda game with cool strategy elements. No, that, the strategy elements were, were made it bad. <laughs> no, I liked it. It was good. So I think the last thing are new games to talk about are new releases. Uh yeah. Uh, let's see. Final Fantasy twelve is coming to the Switch finally, and the Xbox One on the thirtieth. So okay, that'll be fun. I've I've got the steel book of the PS four version of that, so I'm set. I don't need a Switch port. I really like that game. I played it on PS four like that was the first time I played it, and it was good. I mean, I'm happy that they finally brought the proper Final Fantasy twelve the, with the all the classes and whatnot um, over. Yeah. I'm glad that they finally brought it over because uh, vanilla Final Fantasy XII was good, but there was always room for improvement. But I always liked that game, and I never understood why people were so against it. I guess they thought it felt more MMO-like well, in its I, mechanics. You don't have like but, um, you don't really have direct control of your characters per se. It's all that well, game yeah. system. But you know what? I, I think it actually kind of pioneered or made acceptable a lot of things that uh, um, are very normal in these kinds of um, JRPGs. Yeah. And you don't have to control your whole group. That's not necessary. I mean, that doesn't make a. Well, I think it's nice when you have when you have the option to. But sure, if you want to micromanage, yeah, you should. You know, but I also don't mind when it, when it's just baked into the game design that that stuff's taken out of my hands. I really liked all the um, what are they called? Gambits or there was a, they had a name for the system where you could basically do very complex pre-programming. Yeah, yeah that, of, that was- a gambit behaviors. system like you program like, yes gambit system you know if your character has 90 90 percent health or more attack but if it goes on to 30 percent or less a you know cast potion or you know stuff like that yeah i always like that kind of condition stuff it reminds me of when i'm like extra prototyping and stuff and just doing like simple variable things yeah i think that's a good game mechanic next week or uh on the, also on april 30th is a strategy or a survival game called fate to silence Mm-hmm. Uh, no idea. <laughs> no idea. Okay. Uh, let's look at like a north, like a uh, wintery survival game, mm-hmm. like what would uh, that one Ubisoft game should have been. <laughs> uh, next week is uh, Puyo Puyo Champions on the May seventh. Ah man, finally Puyo Puyo has a presence in the West. Except for Puyo Puyo Tetris. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, a that that's what did it. <laughs> It was funny because I guess it was announced a few days ago and Sean asked me. He was like, are you interested? I'm like, not really. I'm not good at Puyo Puyo. So. I'm incredibly impressed watching people play Puyo Puyo Tetris. I'm amazed by the kind of cascades that oh, yeah. good Puyo Puyo players are able to pull off. Yeah. I could not dream of pulling off such things. So a standalone, the Tetris part of Puyo Puyo Tetris was always my crutch. Yeah. And I don't think I'd be able to do well in Champions. But... I'm happy that it exists. I'm happy that there's a standalone Puyo Puyo game yep. out there. I mean, I won't get it, but sure. <laughs> I'd be happy if they made a new, uh, like, oh, Puzzle Fighter. I, I mean, I hear people like that. I, I, you know, I have no opinion. Oh, you never played Puzzle Fighter? No. Oh, man. It's like Puyo Puyo, but, like, understandable. <laughs> okay. Uh, that is actually about it, because everything else is, like, yeah. way far off. <laughs> We did it. 
we uh we went through the whole list Every, everybody's golf vr is like in like may 21st it's like that's mm. that's a month off so hopefully either you or i will or you you and me or you, me and sean will podcast by then yeah, I, i'll get to vicariously live through your everybody's golf i haven't played a golf game since um link or links on the I, pc back in the day i've wanted to try every our uh, golf story i just don't want to spend that much money on it's only like nine bucks but still cheap my understanding of golf story is that it gets grindy and yeah, hard at that, one point and repetitive yeah where... that's almost every rpg though so mm, i don't know a lot of a lot of rpgs there you can get over the hump i just heard that a lot of people fell off golf story yeah well i think that is about it from us uh this will hopefully be posted on 401 mania but we'll see if not it'll at least be up on w2m net and youtube and Stitcher and other things, whatever. He, what do you What do you mean by hopefully? You think you think Sean's just gonna trash it? No, I think well, Four One Mania is really hit or miss. Uh, it's some I don't know what it is. Who knows? Uh, but it'll at least be up on W2M Net and YouTube because I can post it there. It'll come into to my to my feed right on on uh, um, Downcast. Yeah. Okay. That's that's all I care about is that subscribers get it. I have no idea what the numbers are. We don't need to discuss that on air, but. I, I would be curious. Neither do I. So, well, I mean, the problem—the oh. problem is, in con- like I've always told John, is inconsistency. Like, you're supposed to do this every week, or every, you know, have a, you know, a set time or set date. Like, all Monday nights is when you always do it, or every two weeks on Friday. It's like that's what builds an audience. Not the last time we did a podcast was uh, March 11th. It, it becomes especially when it's something you've got a news segment and. If I were relying on video games to the max for the news, oh, yeah. I would be way behind at this point. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Yep. We'll see what happens. 